And I have an amazing guest who's going to be joining in today to share some amazing information about nonprofit organization. Her name is Valerie Lenoir. Valerie is going to be sharing all the information about starting your nonprofit, the different steps that you need to take, how the bylaws, you know, the different procedures that you need to keep up with so that you're not in any issues with the government so if you know someone who wants to start a nonprofit, if you know someone who might have a nonprofit and they're not following the procedures hey tell them to listen to this podcast so they can learn some more information from valerie my name is anarchy hutchinson and you're listening to for change people Let's chat, let's laugh, because it's your time to start choosing you. My amazing guest that I have today has been a beacon in the community of the nonprofit organization. She has helped so many different professional leaders develop their organization, their nonprofit organization. So my guest today is Valerie Lenard. Valerie has helped over 750 professional meets professional goals and objectives through consulting, coaching, teaching, proposal writing, technical assistance, and specialized workshop. She has written proposal and provided technical assistance resulting in over $1 million in federal and foundation funding. Valerie is the founder of a nonprofit, Utopia, the ideal community for emerging leaders. Valerie teaches courses in nonprofit operation management, promotes design and evaluation for the UIC certificate in nonprofit management. Valerie has a bachelor's of science degree in economics from Spelman College and a master's of management degree in finance and marketing from the Keglog Graduate School of Management. So I just want to say thank you so, so much, Valerie, for being a part of for change be bold and sharing with us today. You hear me okay? I can. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Okay. I can hear you okay. Thank you so much for joining in. So, um, you know, nonprofit, I wanted to dig into this one because I know that um, there are so many business owners who, you know, they try to stay away from this area because it's so tedious and there's so many, you know, different um, areas to it. So I know that you are a coach, you're a developer, you're a teacher, and especially a leader in the nonprofit spectrum. Um, you have, you know, um, you know, decided to educate, to foster, to mentor leaders in a nonprofit um, area. Why was it so important for you to branch off into this area? Well, for me, I, I guess I had an epiphany when I was working for a nonprofit, you know, mm -hmm. in terms of starting my consulting business, but in terms of working in an area where people are mission driven, I, um, I had an epiphany, so to speak, when I worked for the city of New York. Yeah. I love the work that I did. I love the finance and all the tra transactions, but I wasn't all that thrilled about the politics. The pot, yeah. And yeah, and you know, I'd worked in corporate before that, and, you know, I had the same thing. I love the work. 
I love the transactions, but the people didn't feel like they were necessarily mission driven. Mm -hmm. And I guess you wouldn't necessarily feel that in a bank or an insurance company or a mutual fund company. That's true. And I, I felt the need to work in an area where people were trying to do good things for people. You know, the, the way I was raised, you were always expected to give back to the community, get as much information and knowledge as you could from the larger society yes. and then bring it back. Mm -hmm. And you know, just for context, you know, I, I grew up in North Lawndale in Chicago on Chicago's west side. Yeah. And that's one of the poorest communities in the city. And my parents are from the south you know, from the old school and, you know, the way they were raised, you yeah, always give mm -hmm. back. And the way they raised their children, we were always to get back and the give back. And the community was not some place from which you ran, right? You didn't run from the community. You, yeah. you stayed there to improve it. So that's kind of my evolution. Yeah. That's amazing because, you know, that's one of my mission is to give back to my community, to give back to my country. So I'm from Jamaica and I want uh -huh. to give back in every way possible that I can. I have been blessed with so many people who have poured into my life. And I see that giving back is, you know, one step in, you know, pushing someone else forward and helping them and, you know, position them into the area that they want to go into. So, you know, there are so many scrutiny about the nonprofit organization. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, yes, like, yes, yes. What advice could you provide a person looking to start their nonprofit organization? You know, what, um, you know, steps can you tell them, you know what, even mm -hmm. though there's scrutiny, but you still can push forward. So, what right. ways? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, thank you. And that's an excellent question because mm -hmm. what I find is, so often um, people start nonprofits not realizing what they're getting themselves into. into. Mm -hmm. And um, so my advice, one, one of the things that gets people into trouble most is lack of compliance. Mm -hmm. And when I talk about compliance, I'm talking about making sure that you file your annual reports at yeah. the state level, some um, municipalities mm -hmm. require that you do an annual filing but but definitely at the state level and the federal level yeah do your filings um, if you miss doing those filings for three years in a row at the federal level and that's with the IRS mm -hmm. then you could lose your tax exemption you know yeah. automatically and you won't even know about it until you get a letter saying that you're no longer tax exempt meaning you can't legally um request funds mm -hmm. from donors so so that's one thing so when i work with organizations who want to start a nonprofit, i can coach them through that process you know regardless of where they live that's the beauty of technology that's true um, what i recommend is from the start focus on compliance you know after you do your application and even while you're doing your application figure out what it is that's going to be required of you in terms of reports you know because i've worked with people who have had some very very bright people on their boards right and they they had accountants but their accountant didn't know nonprofit. they had a corporate kind of accountant right yeah so this accountant was not familiar with what was required 
for nonprofit filing. So it never even occurred to them. You know, they're like, oh, we're tax exempt. We don't have to file taxes. But they didn't realize that they had to actually file what we call information returns in lieu of a 1040. So instead of a 1040, you're doing a 990. Mm -hmm. They also had an attorney and their so their attorney was not well versed in nonprofit, neither was their accountant, and they went for three years without filing. Wow. And on top of that, they moved a couple times, right? Wow. So mm -hmm. within three years, the IRS uh, came knocking on their door saying that they owed $10,000 in, in penalties and interest, and if they didn't pay, they mm -hmm. either would have to... Um, they would lose their tax exempt status. So yeah. so that was a, a monstrous <laughs> event within itself. We did help them work their way through it so that they were able to get those taxes and penalties abated. Mm -hmm. But everybody's not that fortunate. We were fortunate enough to work with an accountant who had a relationship with the IRS and whatnot. So that's a, just a very long answer to a very short question. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm sorry about that. So what I would recommend mm -hmm. first and foremost is to make sure that you have your filings in place. You know what's expected even before you have your tax exempt status. You want to know what is expected on an annual basis. And you also want to make sure that you don't have conflicts of interest, you know, meaning that, you know, a number of people, um, from your family could be on the board or people who might run in the same business with you on your nonprofit board and you find yourself torn between your own business and the board's business. You know, so the IRS looks at things like that and yeah. self-dealing. So so those are the things you really need to be mindful of. In fact, I got a I have an article, the thirteen reasons why the IRS says no. Mm -hmm. And and one of the biggest reasons is the self-dealing and conflicts of interest, where it looks like the people who start the nonprofit are doing the nonprofit business to enrich themselves, which yeah. is totally against that particular tax code. Yeah, there is. And, you know, that brings me to um, my follow-up question, which is, what's the difference between a nonprofit and a for-profit, <laughs> you know? Okay. So you can right, share right. that with the audience to let them know, you know, what's the difference between both of the, you know, the nonprofit and the for-profit and do they have the same procedures? Oh, okay. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So maybe I, I'll answer the second question first. No, okay. they don't have the same procedures. Okay. Um, for me in my business, I'm a consultant. I don't really, you know, have to go through any regulatory agency. I can just hang my shingle up, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you were an architect, you would need a license, and that's for profit. But if you're a nonprofit, you have to register with the state. You know, file with the state. Let them know that you are starting. You have to also um, file with the state to let them know you're starting to raise funds. And then you have to go through the IRS to get tax exemption. Okay. And so you don't have to do all of that stuff mm -hmm. for a for-profit. Now, the difference between a for-profit and a non-profit is the tax status. Um, a non-profit does not have to pay income taxes. But in return for that tax-exempt status, they have to 
adhere to certain rules and regulations. For example, they can't make distributions, meaning they can't collect dividends. You know, whereas a, a um, for-profit company, you can take out any um, profits, but in the nonprofit, you have to plow that back. Back in, in a yeah. non mm-hmm. right in a nonprofit, if they go out of business, the assets can't go to the people who are running it. It has to go to the community, and usually the community means some other nonprofit organization. organization. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are two um, major distinctions. Another distinction is you can't have any benefit in order to the people who are running it mm-hmm. you notice I'm saying running it there yeah. are no owners mm-hmm. you know nonprofit is owned by the public yeah. so if you start a nonprofit and go through all of this headache of starting it you are not the owner no you're not <laughs> <laughs> and you can be fired from your own nonprofit organization <laughs> that you start so yeah. so that's a big difference yeah. you know if, if you own your own company and if you control it people are going to have a hard time trying to fire you that's true yeah so you know as you think about doing a nonprofit, just think about all those areas and knowing that you're not the owner And if you really want to go for it, and if you're just going to make profit, think about that also, because it's not yours. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. So as a nonprofit leader, what are some self-development strategies do you use to help your new nonprofit organizations? So those who come and they ask for your mentorship, um, you know, help, what kind of strategies do you use to, you know, guide them and help them to develop their nonprofit? Okay. And... Just to make it clear, Nonprofit Utopia, mm-hmm. we're not a nonprofit. Okay. We are a for-profit. We're an LLC. LLC. And, okay. and we uh, support nonprofits. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've got probably about 30 years of nonprofit experience, including mm-hmm. running one and um, consulting and teaching. Mm-hmm. But um, what I like to do with my clients, and, and they're various levels of clients you know some people I consult with for them and help them solve a specific problem you know that could be board development strategic planning um, assessment of the organization you know that's a one and done in other instances they can become members of the nonprofit utopia community which is a private discussion group where people can discuss their issues in a safe space and they pay a monthly fee to be a part of that and if people are interested they could go to nonprofitutopia.mn.co now the coaching is a little bit more of an intensive process because what I would do with those people I was about to call them my patients (laughs) (laughs) with with my clients is I work with them they do a leadership assessment Mm -hmm. so that they understand how they work with in their environment, which is really important. It's important to be self-aware, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I also take them through an organizational assessment, and we assess what we call capacity or capabilities or best practices in seven different areas. They self-assess themselves, so it's, it's no right or wrong answer, but if they're very honest, they'll get some really good results regardless of what the, the scoring tells them. And based on those assessment results and based on what they're trying to achieve, then we come together, we help um, set 
goals and objectives and tailor a work plan for them to work through. And the overall goal is to strengthen their own leadership capacity, their own management skills, own knowledge of nonprofit, but at the same time, giving them the tools that they need to put in place systems so that they could build a sustainable organization that will be around you know, long enough mm-hmm. to yeah. make a sustainable impact, a long-lasting impact. Yeah, that's true. Um, Valerie, you are a podcaster yourself. I realized that after viewing your um, page. <laughs> so it's called the Blog Talk Radio. Can you share with us, like, what do you talk about on your um, podcast? And, you know, should we... Mm-hmm join it so let's let's hear some things about your podcast (laughs) yes 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 and before i do that you are welcome you and i are going to have a talk about your coming on to my podcast oh yeah sure (laughs) (laughs) okay and and that you know that's an offline conversation but i'm on blog talk radio blog talk radio is a platform that hosts probably thousands of different podcasts around the world Mm mm-hmm my particular show is the Nonprofit Utopia podcast, okay. and that is found at blogtalkradio.com forward slash Nonprofit Utopia. And we've got about 132 or so episodes under our belt, mm-hmm. and that's downloaded around the world. So, what we talk about, we're we started as nonprofit you and this podcast really predates my community and I rebranded it when I started the community. But the overall goal is to have nonprofit thought leaders that we probably wouldn't have an opportunity to come in contact with yeah. to share some of the lessons that they've learned, you mm-hmm. know, some of the headaches and heartaches that they have um, encountered along the way and avail themselves for questions so i would interview them and we also have live chat and live call-in sometimes people call in and chat Mm -hmm. and sometimes they don't you know it depends Mm -hmm. on the topic it depends on the following of the the guest and all that good stuff but regardless of whether or not we have callers every show i learn something and Hopefully, the people who listen they learn something, something mm-hmm. from the show. So that's typically what we do. What we do, yeah. Um, if I was supposed to, um, op- um, well, establish a nonprofit right now, Valerie, and do I need to have my board of directors right away, or do I have to wait until after I get my documentations done and everything? Mm-hmm. Yes, you do need your board of directors right away, but you don't have to have officers right away. Officers. One of the mistakes that people make is they incorporate with friends and family. Mm-hmm. And that and and then sometimes those people are one not really engaged in your vision. They just love you. True. You know, they it's it's hard to get them to come to your meetings and then we have those familial relationships and even business relationships the irs is going to be looking at your application scrutinizing it and trying to determine you know whether or not there are any potential conflicts of interest so so i would recommend from the start if you could to get board members who share your vision Mm -hmm. who are not necessarily related to you who are not necessarily in business with you 
um, sometimes that can't be avoided for the start. And when you start, when you get incorporated, you don't have to have your officers elected. You're just listing who the board of directors are. Mm -hmm. And these are your initial incorporators. Now, by the time you go from that state process where you're just outlining who the incorporators are to when you file 1023, which is your application for nonprofit status, you will have had to elect your officers. At a minimum, you need three. And and for any state, they're going to tell you you need three. Three. Um, So you're going to need a president a secretary and a treasurer. So you need at least three people. You're going to have to have your bylaws and all that good stuff. Yeah. But, you know, you only asked me about the board of directors. <laughs> no, that, that's okay. You can get into it, too. Um, <laughs> another follow-up question to that, because I know, you know, sometimes nonprofit, they're like, okay, so how do I go about changing positions when I want to change them? Is there a step? Is there a way? Am I going to go about it the wrong way? So talk about like changing the board of directors. Like what's the process like? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's an excellent question. So you need to have bylaws, Mm -hmm. right? And your bylaws are literally by law. They're legal documents Mm -hmm. that hopefully are within alignment of your state, yes. your local state. They're governed by the state, and you're going to have to share a copy of your bylaws when you do your IRS application. And they're going to look for those. They're going to look through your bylaws and make sure that they're consistent with the laws of your state. Yes. So in your bylaws, you're going to talk about who the officers are. You're going to talk about the terms of office, how people are elected, and all of that good stuff. And ideally, you should follow the steps in your bylaws. So Mm -hmm. when you start an organization, your first order of business after you get your filing back from the state, your first order of business should be to hold an election and you want to have minutes of that first meeting of the board of directors where you will elect your officers, you will approve uh, what bank you have, you know, you'll talk about who has authority to act on this bank account. And, you know, some people might even have their budget, you know, approved at that meeting. At that meeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And here we go to the money part. <laughs> so when it comes on to the nonprofit, the budget, um, keeping track of everything, um, what is one important step that you think that each nonprofit organization should have when it comes on to keeping track? Like, what is that one thing that you remind your um, your leaders when they come to you and they ask you for support? What is that one thing that you keep telling them you know what this is what you need to do to keep track of your money and to make sure that everything is in the right place so when it's time for filing that everything is you know in order Mm -hmm. right you need policies and procedures financial policies and procedures that follow what we call generally accepted accounting principles Mm -hmm. and or what we would call GAAP, G-A-A-P. Mm-hmm. And what those do is make sure that, you know, if you're following them, that there are proper financial controls, meaning there's no one person 
who handles all of the financial transactions, their checks and balances, right? So I would strongly recommend that you have those in place. You have a bank account in place and then make sure that you have an automated accounting system. QuickBooks, I think, is pretty good. You know, yeah, some people mm-hmm. use Peachtree and others. Other different. But, you know, I think, you know, QuickBooks is pretty common. Mm-hmm. And it does a very good job of tracking. Your, and yeah. you can set it up on cash basis, which is pretty much like what we would do in our own personal accounting, you know, making sure that our checkbook is balanced. Balance, yep. Okay. Or you... <laughs> Or right, right. Or you can have it in accrual accounting, which is generally accepted accounting principles. Um, so you can set it on either one of those. And I, once you have your QuickBooks set up, you can retrieve your reports pretty quickly. Not you know, not only are you setting it up, but you're keeping it up, right? So at the drop of a hat, if somebody requests information, you can provide it. And you can be able to provide this information, you know, depending on how you enter it, you should be able to provide budget versus actual, mm-hmm. you know, so you can compare what you said you would be doing versus what you're actually doing. And you can also um, be able to run your your um finances by your funder you know do reports by funder by fun- yes. so you're just giving them their particular you know what they particularly care about yes you can also run it by program so mm-hmm. you can just look at the program or you can run it by department or whatever yeah you know so there are many ways you can cross-reference it or just uh, the total that's true um it's a lovely conversation the nonprofit um it's always such an important um you know topic to talk about and to get into and to learn about valerie i want to tell you thanks for sharing but before we go i just wanted to share with my audience where we Mm -hmm. can find you on social media so share your facebook share your instagram um let us know where we can find you you already said your um website but you can restate it again for the audience so that they can come and get some more information if someone might be listening who wants to start a nonprofit they could get your leadership advice and how to go about it okay sure all right so the public website is nonprofitutopia.com the community is nonprofitutopia.mn.co you can also find us on facebook at Nonprofit Utopia, and you can follow us on Twitter at Nonprofit Utopia. You can also, if you go onto our website, you can follow our blog. You can also follow us on Crowdcast. We do our webinars on Crowdcast. So if nice. you go to Crowdcast, and I, I believe it's. Um, Nonprofit Utopia with Valerie F. as in Frank Leonard. Mm-hmm. You'll see all of our upcoming as well as our past webinars. And I also um, embedded this page on our Facebook page. So, in case, not our Facebook page, on our website, our public website. So, if you go under webinars, you'll see the same thing. So, 
you know, in the event that you can't remember where to go on Crowdcast, and they can just go on our it. webinar page. Nice. So definitely check out Valerie's page or web page and learn some more from her because she has the details and she knows what she's talking about. <laughs> so thank <laughs> you so much, Valerie, for, you know, joining in and being a part of For Change We Bold this. Thank you, Valerie, for joining in on today's episode of For Change We Bold. Thank you for sharing your expertise in the field of nonprofit. And thank you so much for just giving us these information. And I know that someone will use this information either to start a nonprofit or to better their nonprofit. So thank you so much. You have just listened to a weekly episode of For Change People. Let's keep the conversation going by following me on my Instagram page and Facebook page at For Change People Podcast. Like, share, and subscribe. And until next week, have a wonderful Friday.